I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What's up, everyone? It's Noah Daniels, and we're here for another mini-sode of the Real Hauntings podcast. On this episode, we have Evelyn and Jess. They were kind enough to join us and talk about Halloween and everything spooky. And maybe if we're lucky, we'll get the conclusion. <laughs> or Well, I guess we kind of know the origin. So the conclusion of the ayahuasca demon story. How are y'all doing tonight? So good. <laughs> Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, it was so much fun um, to have both of y'all on together last time. I feel like we covered a lot of ground on everything from spiritual to spirits, uh, to ghosts, to medium. I mean, you, you name it, we kind of went through it, which I know our fans always enjoy that. And I'm always super curious uh, about uh, mediumship and things of that nature. But on that episode, you both mentioned that you met at an ayahuasca, not retreat, because Jess, I think it was at your house, right? It was at my house, but I would never describe like ayahuasca is not a retreat for sure. You don't consider shitting yourself and throwing up a retreat? <laughs> you know, like there are some, okay, for like full clarity, there are some places, like I know there's a place in Costa Rica that will have like hundreds of people there and it, they do make it feel like a retreat and they even let people drink wine and stuff afterwards, which is like, if you're oh. following the diet as you should to do it, 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 it no. Um, but this was, it's never a retreat anyway, but this was absolutely not even a like this isn't an first off like disclaimer, <laughs> this is not an accurate representation of what an ayahuasca ceremony is supposed to be like so if this is something that you felt called to in the past this is not like a warning about like aya and how she can impact you and how you can work with her this is a warning of finding a credible practitioner and like vetting them as thoroughly as possible and having your own um, like practice and prote protections available to you. <laughs> well, before we get into the story and um, the ayahuasca demon, can you maybe share with our audience like what the purpose is of taking ayahuasca with, you know, a shaman who knows what they're doing, you know, in the most ideal environment that you can do it? Like what is the desired result from that experience? Okay, I will take this because I've actually had legitimate ayahuasca experiences. And I think you said something about us like helping people find like a qualified individual. We're not going to do that, actually. Um, it, uh, Did we say we're going to? I don't want to help. Oh, I thought. No, that's email. No, no. That's not, I don't have anything to provide around that. I'm saying that that's an important aspect of uh, yes. if this is something that you are entertaining the idea of indulging in. That said, we had somebody who vetted this individual. And in, anyway, <laughs> this was just a hot, this is like a kerfuffle of a disaster. So an ayahuasca ceremony in and of itself, when done with a shaman or shamans who 
follow some sort of tradition based out of South America, usually Peru. Um, I think there's some places down in Brazil as well. Uh, Amazon is really where this is pretty thick. It's really just like another way to experience yourself in spirit. And for some reason, when I have people who I haven't actually done ceremony with come back and like, oh, I experience oneness with everything and God consciousness. I have never had that experience. And I've always done it in a circle of no less than 20 people and nobody else has that experience. What, and I can only speak to myself for, from a personal level, but I think from all the people who I have done circles with, this is probably going to be pretty resonant is that whatever you need to see and experience and feel ayahuasca will provide that. Um, and that can be something as like, and we talked about kind of the, the purging, the purging can happen in so many different ways. There is obviously the one that everybody knows about, which is the vomiting, <clears throat> which definitely happens. Um, also, just to note, it's not like gross either, because part of the diet is that you don't really eat much the day before, like the day of. Um, so it's really just purging ayahuasca, which, by the way, I can no longer eat anything with molasses in it. Yeah. If you're wondering what it's in the ayahuasca? Like, it's not in it, but it is similar enough mm. that like she tried to make something with molasses in it. And we were like, oh, no. Oh, no. That's like it. a hard no. Yeah, hard pass. <laughs> It has the consistency of molasses and there's like some, like some of the similar flavorings of it, but it's, mm. it's worse, but <laughs> eating molasses will bring that back to you. Oh um, Trigger warning molasses. Yeah. <laughs> but um, what it really just does is it gives you what, what you need. And I've had experiences where, oh, the purging. So there's like the, the vomiting, there's diarrhea, there's burping, there's body movement, convulsions, twitches. Um, crying is a really big one. Those are kind of the main ones that yawning. Oh, yawning is a big one. Mm -hmm. Some people make weird noises. I do weird breathing stuff. Like it, it happens in all sorts of ways. Are you um, conscious with your physical body the whole time or are you? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> um, so just so happened, one of the purges that I did during my second one, uh, I think it was the second night. And usually when I've done them, they're multiple nights in a row. I've done two nights in a row and I've only done it besides when I met Evelyn two other times. Um, and I'm not sure if I'm going to do another one, not because I don't want to, but because of the work that I do with ayahuasca, I continually work with her in spirit form. Um, the messaging has just been like, you don't need to do this anymore. You don't need to ingest me to work with me. It's body. So the second night I did purge through the lower half instead of the upper half for part of it. And while I was exhaling, I had this, and I don't know if my eyes were closed or if they were open, but there were just like these mechanical spidery machines that were completely shredding me to pieces and dismantling me. And then every inhale, they were putting me back together. Rinse and repeat until I remembered I was in the bathroom and needed to leave. Wow. Um, and then when I laid back down, I was like looking at my hand and like in the tradition that I do, there's just one candle lit in the center of the room. And that's the only light that there is. Um, and like with the way that the light was reflecting on my hand and the shadows, I was like, wow, this is like the most crazy, awesome costume ever. <laughs> and ever since that, I started calling my body a suit um, in jest, but also just because like, that's kind of what it felt like. So you, you are, but also there's times when you can also not be too. It's funny um, you say that because um, we were talking before we recorded how I used to uh, have like a virtual reality set up. And I used to do it like a lot, like a whole, whole lot. And one of the games I would play is called VR chat, where you have like full length avatars and you can create whatever and use what kind of avatar you want. So when you're using VR like that, your body, uh, or excuse me, your brain literally gets new formations to learn how to take in the VR. Cause in the beginning, it doesn't know what the hell is going on. Some people get sick and, um, can't, some people can never even use it because they, they just can't digest it. But for me, I had this effect where when I first started, I would sit and look forward and it would look like the room, like whatever the back wall was, was rushing towards me. Almost like when you get like an ocular migraine with the circles, it was kind of like that, but it just felt like the room was coming forward, like driving was hard. And I was like, oh, I've 
broken my brain. I'm going to be like a schizophrenic now or something. I don't know what's happening. And then I went on Reddit and they're like completely normal. It ends in like two weeks and it did. But the suit thing, I used to have a ton of dreams that ended up being lucid because of VR, because in the dream, I would say, oh, I'm in virtual reality. And I would like look at my hands and they would look like animated, like a cartoon hand. And I'd be like, us, oh, my hands don't look like that. And then I just like dick off the rest of the dream. Um, doesn't happen anymore because I don't do VR stuff really, but yeah. I've never done VR. That's so much fun. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Turn this into a VR room. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's, I'm probably one of those people who like, I would absolutely be the person that was like throwing up and like having a crisis <laughs> about it. Like I can't, I'm a sensitive, tender baby and I really need to just maybe not do those kinds of things. <laughs> I just like to push things as far as I can. So VR seems like a natural avenue to take. Yeah. Um, no, but anyway, I sidetracked <laughs> us. Um, you were saying that from doing it, you started to call your, your body a suit. Yeah. Just for fun. Like when I was doing it and so, okay. Like my experience was not, a, a, again, this is an atypical experience. This is when we get into the demon part of the story. Um, but I was very, I like, couldn't find my body. And that's part of why I was mm -hmm. having such a terrible time is because I was like looping through <clears throat> oh other realities i was like being like really like drug through a whole bunch of stuff and i couldn't like ground into my body and i was trained enough at that point like i would have thought that that would have been something that i would have been able to do so that's a really big i feel like red flag of like what was going on is that i i should have probably been able to at least like not be stuck in a loop like that like well and <sighs> In your situation too, and she was like, just so you guys know, for full disclosure, I wanted to punch Evelyn in the throat that first night. <laughs> Is that before or after you fell in love with her? It's a beautiful love story. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're going to write, uh, we're doing, we're singing home together for our wedding. We do karaoke with our friends. So that's what we're doing. We have to rewrite the part where they talk back and forth to each other. And I'm definitely going to throw some stuff about <laughs> when you wanted to punch me in the throat when we were on Iowa. Yeah. Cause she was just, and this, and I, it didn't take too long for me to realize that something was wrong. And that's even when I was in this, in the place that I was at, um, because she was yelling and screaming, my name is Evelyn. This is my house. <clears throat> I am Evelyn. I live here. This, and like, I'm not even joking. It felt like for, I mean, time is of, time doesn't exist. So it could have been anywhere from like five minutes, but it felt like it was a significant amount of time. And it's not that like you can you can get into those loops and it's not part of the experience or how it's supposed to happen. But when you're with people who are the shamans and there's usually assistants that are um, helping out as well as they are versed in how to help facilitate a more um, I wouldn't even say peaceful because some of the productive, productive maybe. Yeah, productive and just make sure that like you aren't losing your shit. Yeah, Navigate um, away from self-harm. Yeah, because like. The group that I work with, um, which I won't say who they are or where they're located. Um, so don't ask. <laughs> it's in it's in the states, so that's definitely why I'm not going to say anything. Um, we keep we, we keep that shit locked down. <laughs> um, but my friend went with me the first time, and she just got off of her mat just a little loudly, and closed the bathroom door a little loudly, and one of the assistants went over and actually helped her get into a place that was going to feel more comfortable for her. Some people just need to get up and move. And so they take them out to the back porch and just like give them the space to be able to have an experience, one that's not impacting other people's experiences, but then also facilitating them in a safe held way, which this particular, I don't even want to call her a shaman. No. Um, I actually wouldn't even mind saying her name because I don't <laughs> want anybody like if this woman, Oh my God. Um, she, she just wasn't, uh, skilled enough in what she was doing. And from what I know with my friends that have gone down to Peru and done it, they're like really, um, really well-known places. And to even assist those shamans, you have to have done ayahuasca at least a thousand times. And our person who was leading us through this had only done it a hundred hundreds of times, which really 
I don't, I don't think is enough to be able to help usher people through. <clears throat> I think one of the other indicators too, is that there was only the one individual, which I didn't think anything of it because it was such a small group. There were only what, six of us or something, yeah. six or seven of us. Um, and all my other ones, it's been like 20 to 30 people. So I was like, well, maybe it's just, you don't need it because it's, there's not that many people to facilitate, but having normally when I go, there's two shamans and there's two assistants. Hmm. Um, so that's definitely something if anybody is interested in doing it and finds a circle either in the United States or wherever country you're in or down in Peru, um, there needs to be more than just the one. So um, how far into it? I mean, was that the moment when you heard Evelyn kind of wigging out that you were like, oh, shit? I mean, was that or did it, it happen was, before that? Well, she started to have her experience. And then the woman went over to her and started drumming and trying to like calm her. She was like but whatever, too, was which is, to, yeah, which yeah. is supposed to. There's like all these things that like they're supposed to be trained in like how to first off, like basically see where you're at, like from a, from like the psychic side of things, the spiritual side of things to be able to sort of like navigate you through where you need to and like provide support where you need to and like ground where you need to. And like, so the tobacco is supposed to help that. And like everything she was doing accelerated it. Oh, every, like every, so and, and they sing these songs, like, like music is a, and song is like a big part of the experience and like certain songs guide you a certain way. And it was like unpracticed. Um, and it definitely like only made things substantially worse. Yeah. Wow. So whenever she went over there to try to help calm Evelyn and then Evelyn escalated from there, that's when I was like, oh shit. And then she just walked away. She, she did. didn't resolve it. No, she just left me. She didn't. Like she gave up. Yeah. Which, Which... is like a terrible idea. <laughs> and so, I mean, I don't want to jump ahead in the story, but do y'all end up having a joint experience with this dark entity or was it just one of you who experienced it so well okay so the at the conclusion of the first day and there were like you know all of the red flags that kind of came up were like my lack of grounding one other girl was also having like a, a similar maybe a less loud but very hard time um hers was more physical yeah she was having a lot of physical like you know like like she rolled her head into the wall and you know just like things that it wasn't managed um, but then like, and I guess the other red flag also is like, we started purging really fast. Oh, so fast. Yeah. I don't know if she knew how to cook it properly. Um, cause anytime I've done ceremony and we go through the whole entire circle and generally we have to get to the end and an additional half hour. So like an at like 45 minutes to an hour in, and then maybe the first person purges, but we were purging within minutes. She hadn't even like made it around everyone. No, no. By the time, cause I think I was the last one by the time that I had taken it, like I think two people were already purging. Wow. So it was too strong. Um, and I mean, there was just such a, so many errors involved with this. And then she also really crossed some boundaries where, um, part of the songs that she was singing, she was making them really personal, but like limericky, which was so, and this will carry into the, the second night, which is where things got real. <laughs> um, but she was being really limericky and inappropriate. And she was sitting up there singing about how she has this magical yoni and how people have like love her. And she really wanted Evelyn real bad. Um, and she really, I mean, she crossed some really pretty like solid boundaries that should be there between like spiritual guide and yeah. you know practitioners but yeah it and it was like this limerky thing and it felt like and I, I don't even, and I was not high at this point I was not under the influence of ayahuasca for probably an hour and a half to two hours and to the point where I was like I'm gonna go I'm gonna go to and I when I do these ceremonies I don't like staying in the house with all the people a lot of people like to do that I like to tent like uh, I put up a tent outside so I can like have kind of my own space and feel like the freshness of the air and as soon as I walked out of the house I just heard a voice which was ayahuasca saying you're not safe here I'm going to help you you need to stay but you're not this is not a safe environment hmm. and so then I like went to my bed played some brandy carlisle and fell asleep and then I called my best friend the next day just to give her a heads up and like send her a pin to where I was in case you're gonna say you open the door and people were crawling <laughs> on the walls and yeah. Heads were yeah. uh, the there's kind of like the next morning like sort of a lot of decompressing a lot of like processing people trying to integrate 
One, which is normal. That's, yeah, that yeah. like happens in regular circles. Too, yeah, like there is that um, integration period. And <clears throat> one woman was, uh, you know, bold enough to say, like, I didn't feel like we were safe, and like, mad props to her because, I like, I didn't, and I'm like, I didn't have enough information to know like what's you know, what was normal or what's not. But when she said that, and then we were able to all have like dialogue about kind of what was going on, I started to feel more hopeful about it. Like I was like, okay, this is kind of a fluke. Um, the uh, service provider, if you will, uh, <laughs> uh, she let us know that she had had like a somewhat recent <clears throat> sexual trauma um, at the hands of one of her um, like spiritual leaders. And her theory was that she was like bringing that, 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 that trauma was unhealed and then that she hadn't maintained that well enough and that that was like entering into the space. So she wasn't able to hold, um, like we would refer to that as like holding the space or like having like a sacred container um, and that she didn't maintain that. And so um, basically when you don't hold a container, anything can get in, anything that's in doesn't have to be um, under like the parameters that were set. It's very like free for all. At that point, we all kind of like talked about it. It was like, okay, it seems like she knows what happened and can fix it. Um, and she said she would too. Like she was like, this she the took accountability. Night, yeah, she's like, I'm not going to take um, as much tonight. Uh, and I do think it's important for the shamans and the assistants to take, I mean, everybody that's takes ayahuasca. Yeah. yeah, that's part of like the interconnectedness with everybody in the group. <clears throat> but she said, I'm not going to take as much. And this is all about you guys. My stuff, this is not the place to process this. I'm so sorry. And I, I trusted. Yeah. That seemed promising. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she took, yeah, she took accountability. She told us what happened and that she was going to take action to not do it again. <laughs> Cue <laughs> <the> second night. <laughs> the second night started and, and I didn't, I did not partake oh, yeah, the second that's night. Right. Like the, God, the, the messaging that I got for myself was like, that you can't like, this is not for you. Okay. Um, you need to, Essentially, it was my, I started holding the container, which yeah. at that point I was like <clears throat> trained for myself, but not practicing outside of myself. And I'm not a shaman and I'm not trained to help people dream with ayahuasca. So it's like the extent of my ability only goes so far, but I knew that I needed to assist so that like that was more so my role. So that's where I was at. Don't worry, I was there to help you. <laughs> yeah. So um, you didn't partake at all that second night. No, but there's I will say that like it was really interesting to observe um like I was still very much in the medicine, being in mm -hmm. the experience of of, you know, being within that environment, being um sort of of the ability that I am anyways, um and also knowing that like my intention was to sort of be able to like check in on people, so I was like totally like going like I could like see other people's right. journeys and stuff and I was like you know just sort of like making sure everyone was fine or whatever but I did have times where I was like whoa um <clears throat> so even though I wasn't ingesting anything I definitely um it still felt very uh weird <laughs> yeah. yeah well and to that point too um like working with ayahuasca like I mentioned I don't I the messaging I've gotten from her is that I don't have to ingest her to work with her once I any time I have been like yes I'm going to work with her um, stuff starts happening already. So once you've made like the spiritual connection and you're like, yes, I want to commit to working with you. Um, she is in you before you even ingest her. Um, she's in you during it and she's in you outside of it. And for people who really connect with her, she never needs to leave. Yeah. So like you absolutely had all that stuff. And then I always ask myself like, why, <laughs> Why? Because I knew what this was supposed to. I knew that from the first night that wasn't what it's supposed to look like. And why would I even continue on? And I guess for me, I have so much trust in ayahuasca on her own. And I really wanted like the where I was at in my life at that point, like I really wanted some extra guidance and um some clarity around things. And so I was like, I'm, you know, come high or hell water. Like I'm hell or high water. I still want to partake. And I felt like it was important for me to stay. Cause my friend was like, why don't you just come home? And I was like, no, I feel like I need to stay. And so the second night started and we all took, or some of us took rape, which is um, like a powdered down tobacco. It's like, yeah, it's got some, I think it's another vine or something. Yeah. It basically makes it feel like your brain is exploding when they like shoot it into your nose. Cool. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, but then also like really awesome afterwards, but it's something that people will do prior to, prior to ingesting ayahuasca. And again, within minutes, people were barfing and I didn't feel shit for like the first half hour, 45 minutes or so. Like everybody was having an experience. Evelyn was so as sober as one can be without ingesting ayahuasca that night. And I did not feel anything. Rewind a little bit to the night before, after everybody has taken theirs, normally the, sh the shaman will open it up to whoever wants to ingest more or can, and they can pro, they can on their own come up and ask for it. Um, I've never had somebody be like, you need to take more. Um, so this woman calls me up and I'm not feeling anything. And she's like, honey, would you like some more? And I got down on her for like, not being available to give me another dose the night before, because she was like off in her la la land, like walking around, like she was the ring, not able to like take her hair out of her face. And I went up to her and I was like, I think I'm fine. And she's like, I think you probably need some more. And I was like, you know what? Why not? And so <laughs> the demons, that's why not. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't blame any demons. Um, so I took some and then immediately I purged and then I went real hard, real deep into some like, it's, I, I want to call it like a euphoria, but it was like so overwhelming that it's almost like an uncomfortable euphoria. Hmm. And I just had to like hum. Um, there's a, I think it's called Brahmari, which is a pranayama where you close your eyes and you have your hands in certain parts of your face and you plug your ears and you hum. Um, I needed to do something similar to that to like, just kind of calm everything in me. I called that. Um, I don't want to hear my parents fighting anymore when I was a kid. Oh, oh that's sad. Yeah. So. <laughs> so like that. Well, one of our other friends was singing. She was making noises too, Yeah. but I was like, deep into a space. And because people had kind of gone outside the night before the woman was like, I'm just going to call him the woman. <laughs> um, the woman was like, let us know if you're going to leave the house. So we, we can know where you're, where you are. And so I was like, I'm going out. Oh no. <laughs> so I was in my state. And then within like five minutes, the limericky singing starts again. And I just heard the like, and I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And within like, it took, probably took me like five minutes to see if like she was going to shift into maybe playing instruments or actually singing real songs. And I like somehow get my body to be half vertical and I'm like, play an instrument. <laughs> she has drums, she has bowls. she's yeah. got like all sorts of shit she could be playing said her annoying ass voice. And she was like, what darling? And I was like, play an instrument. And she's like, oh yes, Adeline, can you help me with my hair? And I was like, oh my God. So I'm high as fuck at this point. This is probably the highest I've been on ayahuasca. And I am like, I'm going outside. And so I somehow stand up and it felt like I had to go through six different portals to go from Evelyn's living room to outside, which was maybe a hundred feet. And I just sat out there and I look up at the stars and ayahuasca is like, I told you you're not safe here. I'm going to help you through this, but you're not safe here. So I just sat down and then this is where probably our love story starts. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> our love story started. <laughs> I'm sitting on the stairs and it's a beautiful night out. It's the middle of summer and the door opens and I thought it was this other woman who also was outside a lot the night before because just like nature is very, like being out in nature is, a very, is very grounding, especially when you're in a very ungrounded experience. And I turn around and it's Evelyn and she has like this huge crystal bowl, which is downstairs in our room. And she's like, I'm really trying to get her to get her shit together. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it, but I know you need to hear some music. So here is a bowl so you can play your own. And then we like sat down or you sat down and we chatted for like a little bit. I don't even know about what. And then you're like, okay, I need to go in and check on people. And so you just went in and then I was like playing the little crystal bowl by myself, just having the best time. And then she came back out to talk to me again. And we were just chatting. And then I had a very, it was 
immediate realization that I was actually having a conversation with somebody while I was in this state. Cause normally you are silent. You do not talk to anybody. You have your experience. People do healings on you, but you are not conversing. And I was talking. <laughs> and so I like look at her. I'm like, we're having a conversation. <laughs> she's so cute. She's like, <laughs> I was like, yeah. And she's like, how am I doing? <laughs> zero to 10. And she's like, you're doing so good. Um, (laughs) And she's like, I need to go back in there. Shit's crazy. And I was like, how is so-and-so? And she's like, things are not good. And so she goes in the house and then I, I think I get up pretty immediately and then go into the house and I don't know what happened, but I felt like you know, in Transformers, when they like shift and everything goes, or Iron Man, where things just go, pew, 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 pew. <laughs> it felt kind of like that as I like walked into the house and all of a sudden I wasn't high. And I'm like, where is the woman? <laughs> and they're like, she's in the bathroom. And I'm like, should I just say your name? Yeah, you might as well. I'm like, get the fuck out of the bathroom and come out here and help so-and-so. She needs you. And she's like, oh, and so I love you. And I was like, oh my God, she is not going to be able to do this at all. So at that point, both you and I ended up holding the container for the space. We, we pushed her out like her. We did. We, the, the problem was her. The problem was not ayahuasca. The problem no. was not the capacity of anyone there no. to work with ayahuasca. The problem was whatever was attached to her. Yes. And so we got eventually, oh, and then, oh God. And then that one time, like right after we got into the living room, one of our friends who was having a difficult time the second night, as she also did the first night, was like barfing on herself. And I'm like, where is a bucket? And then all of a sudden she like flops over and isn't breathing. And then I'm going through my head like, holy shit, what the fuck are we going to do? And then about 35, 45 seconds later, she like shoots up and goes, and I'm like, okay, (laughs) holy hell. So we end up getting somehow everybody out of the living room into the dining room, which is not set up for people to be in at all. And then she and I together end up kind of containing the woman who's having the hardest time and getting her to like relax and calm down because she thought she was dying and all of this stuff. She ran full speed into the refrigerator. Oh man, that's right. And you tried to stop her. Evelyn, tiny. Um, (laughs) I was not equipped to stop someone with uh, that level of power uh in their body and i don't think she even normally has that much power no there was was something in her she was driven oh my gosh yeah she was trying to like leave like flee the house so we get everybody into the dining room and we we leave living room and at one point she tries to close the door like we were like you're out yeah you don't get to go here at one point she like asked us she's like um we need to like bring the circle back together and i was like shut the fuck up you're done yeah and <laughs> she just we like, had, well and it's like that's us an indicator too of how how unaware of a practitioner she was like if you were there like we knew how to do that like we held that and we were able to close the circle we didn't need whatever she was going to do was not like we were channeling whatever we <clears throat> needed to be channeling in order to repair and protect the people that were there in the space. Yeah. And there was another woman too, who came in and was singing like really pleasant songs too, which also like, like with the three of us basically shifted everything so that the other three people who are having the most difficult time were able to like, just finish it out in as much peace as possible. Mm -hmm. So we became a team that night (laughs) and then now we're a team for life. So (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> was she the quote unquote demon? Was it the presence you think that was attached to her that kind of sent things in such an affray? Or when you say demon, do you just mean yeah, the night so, okay. felt a bit demonic? <laughs> from what, from how I perceive it, I believe that it was a combination of factors. I think, I think her ineptitude created an opportunity for whatever wanted to exist in that space to exist in that space. So I don't know if it was, I'm not sure if it was attached to her or if there was a, yeah, just, just read it. (laughs) You tell. I mean, you talk. (laughs) Okay. Um, Jess is reading the (laughs) the situation because I think my, my theory is that I think that she was probably you know, sitting with her own turmoil and that could manifest in a certain way also, but I really felt like the container wasn't held and that just put us at a really um, 
high risk due to the kind of energy that like she was putting out. Yeah. I mean, she got some weird energy from the teacher that she was working with. Yeah. And it just, it was like, they're working with ayahuasca who is pure in and of herself, but then it's just tainted by this other thing. So it's like ayahuasca was there and present and really leading the way she was mad. Well, and like, um, and that's the thing though, too, is like, even in the, uh, in as much hell as everybody went through in that, everybody did get something really profound out of it. And it's not because of the shaman and her leading it. It's because ayahuasca was able to like bring them through whatever it was they needed. Like our friend who was thought she was dying. She was like dying a lot. Like there was a lot of her that was dying off that she needed to slough off. And it was a really difficult time. And she would have definitely, um, I wouldn't say she would have had an easier time with the better shaman, but she would have had a safer experience where Evelyn not having ever really done it properly and holding space in me, who also is not a shaman, um, who was really high, somehow was able to put it all back together. Like I think ayahuasca for that. Like because it seems I, like things really almost went really bad. They, oh, they yeah. could have absolutely. Yeah. I feel like we. I mean, I am grateful every day that I really like stuck to my guns about not yeah. partaking. I think that that was really important. I think Jess's ability to somehow miraculously become a cognizant participant uh, was really amazing when she was so deep in the medicine and then it was like you have work to do so you know basically cross over into this other place so she was helping me with that too yeah so i think i'm going to call the name of this episode the night from ayahuasca hill (laughs) that would Um, be it felt like i mean i that's how i felt like i felt when i was like one of my biggest things about having trouble connecting to my body is I remember just over and over again, and who knows if I was, I probably was saying this out loud, um, but I was like trying to you. get myself to open my eyes. Like, cause I couldn't tell if my eyes were open or closed. You did. You said that a lot. And like, yeah, I mean, I was, that sounds like a nightmare, you know? Yeah. I was working so hard. Like I was like, I don't know. Like I, I didn't know. And that's so terrifying. Right. <clears throat> like, cause it's like, Oh, if I close my eyes and I go into this like journey place or whatever, but if I open my eyes, I'm back in the room. But I was like, I don't think that that's what's happening. And I remember trying to feel like I was sitting in the corner and I remember trying to like feel for the wall so that I could orient myself with like literally what way up was because I was so like swirling through whatever that I was like, I need to know what's the floor and what's the wall. And then I can like be oriented because I just felt like I was being I mean, I, I like the experience that I had, that's where I go back to like, oh, it does feel kind of like a real dark entity or something because it was so unkind. And I knew that that wasn't um, like a pure frequency of ayahuasca. I knew that like, and I could tell from sitting the second night and like being able to like kind of see other people's work and like talk with her in a different way. I was like, okay, I get it. I like get you but um yeah i don't i don't i don't feel like that's really what i was working with we had Uh, somebody on i want to say it was like early on first 20 30 episodes and they were talking about this dark entity that kind of like held them down and they couldn't breathe etc and they had some religious phrase they used to kind of free themselves of whatever was going on anyway i went to sleep that night And I sometimes, not too often, but I have vivid dreams all the time. But when I have nightmares, they're like really bad because they feel really real and because I wake up and tend to remember them, right? So that night I had a dream that that dark entity came for me. And it was almost like I could, was like third person in my bed, even though I was asleep and I could see it like pressing down on me and I couldn't talk because I was in the dream state and I was trying to say these this phrase in real time like in real life not in dream life and i kept trying to get it out and uh my wife said i was just in bed going (laughs) you know but like screaming and then finally it broke through and i I don't even remember what the phrase now because it's been over a year but then i said it and and woke up and, and like said it in real time at the same time and that was like one of the freakiest things for me that has come out of this podcast was that experience. I mean, I don't think it was necessarily anything real, but I mean, it felt real, you know, so that's all that matters. That kind of like sleep paralysis type 
stuff. I, I had that, that all the time. I, like, yeah, that is like, and that honestly, some of those, like some of the experiences that caused me to like shut down any of my like energy work capabilities, like were those kinds of experiences yeah. where I was like, Mm-mm, I would rather not engage with literally anything that could cause me to interact with this. I don't, uh, do y'all to use melatonin ever for sleep? I have it definitely gives you weird dreams. Weird I don't dreams. So I use it almost every night to sleep now because my schedule flips around a lot. And um yeah, it's the dreams are so intense and a lot of times not very positive. <laughs> I guess. No, no, they're weird. Yeah. So thank you all for sharing that story. That was um had all the elements of a great story. We had <laughs> terrifying things and love and possible <laughs> demonic entities. So, you know, what more can we ask for on the Real Hauntings podcast? Oh, I was gonna say, um because Evelyn was talking about the dark entities and stuff. I did know uh, an individual that I met in Sri Lanka when I was doing a Vipassana there. Um, She had done 11 Vipassanas. And I was like, why have you done so many? And she's like, I went to Peru and I did ayahuasca with the shaman. And anybody who paid a lower amount, he like did something to. And it tore like... (laughs) fucked her up real good um and that's and i actually just remembered that as we were talking about this um so i there are like some real shysty characters out there who do and i do think they individually probably have some demonic things or like weird entities attached to them or controlling how they operate if you're on Um, especially if you're on a high spiritual path like that if you are on like a i'm an ayahuasca shaman path and you are operating that way i i'm like i don't know i don't know that it could be anything other than something outside of yourself yeah like if you're working that closely and like working you know part of that work is like working so thoroughly on your self mm-hmm. and like on your spirit body and your physical body and your emotional body and all of these parts that it, it just it would really surprise me if if that didn't come from some other gnarly frequency yeah but also there's like a bunch of men in Peru that lead ceremony and molest women so yeah, yeah. you know also so- men are everywhere and they do that kind of thing so <laughs> happy Halloween everybody scariest <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> people of our men. Oh boy. Noah. Noah's great. <laughs> what a transition into what we like about Halloween. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, there are, are certainly shitty people out there that take advantage of people. No doubt about that. Yeah. So the other thing I do want to talk to you all about tonight, since this is our Halloween quote unquote mini, so it's going to end up being as long as a normal episode, but uh, that's just because I like talking to you guys. But um, so Obviously, you all are practice in a different plane than normal, quote unquote, normal people. You know, you you uh, practice and and uh, be a mediums and all that good stuff. How does Halloween feel for y'all? I mean, Evelyn, I know I think we talked about um, Halloween a little bit, but just for you, do you? Do you feel extra spooky? Does it feel silly that we all like to dress up and drink? And I don't know. I mean, like, what does it mean to you? Like, is it important at all? Like, how how does it feel for somebody who whose life discipline is in the actual spiritual plane? I mean, I've had it's never been like my favorite holiday. I always hate I've always hated dressing up and stuff. It's just never been my forte when it comes down to it. I am the biggest chicken shit ever. Really? Um, yeah, my best friends and I like, Oh God, probably 10 years ago, went to one of those haunted corn mazes. Mm -hmm. And every time one of those creepy guys with the Jason mask came at me with a chainsaw, I paid $20 and ran through that thing as fast as possible. (laughs) And there was one moment where like, there was this swamp monster coming out of this like swamp. And I was like, ah, and my best friend, like bear hugged me. So I couldn't move. And then a chainsaw guy came up right behind him and then he scared him and <laughs> shoved me away. Um, Does Evelyn ever hide in the house and try to scare you? No, Jess is, this is what's not fair. We'll be watching like a scary movie and I'll be like, 
scared, I'll be like, oh, and I hate jump scares. Like that's my, I, I, scary imagery doesn't really get me, but I can't handle a jump scare. So Jess will of course always be like, like (laughs) even if nothing's happening in the show, she'll like, and I'm like, I know that you would hate this. You would be so mad at me if I was doing this to you. And so there was one time where I was like, I'm serious. Don't do it ever again. And then she she absolutely kept doing it. No, I you did it at least one other time because I was like, I said. <laughs> well, are there any scary movies that y'all either like love or hate? I mean, are there movies that you'll you'll kind of put up with? I love the shit out of um, like the omens, mm-hmm. like weird Catholic demon shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I will eat that up. I cannot do gratuitous gore like the Saw movies. Right. Yeah. Same. It's just I like more of the like the psychological things. Like we just watched Squid Game. That was pretty dope. I yeah, thought I was getting ready to start that. Yeah, same. But it's so popular. I've got to like, mm-hmm. see it now. You got you gotta do it, Noah. I don't like like I was trying to figure this out. Like I was like, what kind of scary movies do I like? And I'm like, I really I like anything as long as it's not too jumpy outy, but all of them are jumpy outy. So like it, I feel like actually didn't have a lot of that like jumpy outy stuff. Mm. And so I I was like, okay, I can kind of get like, get on board yeah, with that. It's really what good. about It Follows? Have y'all seen that? I think we did. I, yeah, we? I think we did. We saw that together. That's my all-time favorite. It's like the one where the sex demon follows like whoever had the sex last and like you can keep oh, sleeping with people and pass it all the way down that line and then it'll start killing people from the so furthest like the down the line when it comes like to you boning. yeah <laughs> but it also does oh, that, yeah. that and it's it's not actually about um what's his face right the the clown it's the other it's the yeah, yeah yeah it's oh, like a demon I don't, entity thing. I, don't think I saw that with you it's so i actually good. i watched that let's watch it tonight <laughs> <laughs> it's like 80s synthesized music. It's like the trope of like the kids have to save the world. Like it's it's so much good stuff. Yeah. You know? I like watching like American Horror Story because that is like, you know, it's like still like a TV series. So right. it it kind of has limitations and like how far it can really go. And I definitely like consuming it in that little bit more of a palatable way. Yeah. And I don't even like with Halloween stuff. Like, I mean, I told you, I think on the, our last time we talked that I'm not like, I'm, I'm like, I don't really super believe in like the thinning of the veil stuff. I think it's kind of like a collective belief that sort of self-perpetuates. I'm like, eh, what? I, like thinning of the veil kind of stuff where it's like, ooh, like spirits are closer during like um, all Hallow's Eve kind of stuff. Like, yeah, I'm like, I don't, they're there whenever they're there. Yeah. Like I'm like, eh, that's, it's, eh, well, I, I, other, I don't it. The other big controversy we've had on these episodes is whether or not you like candy corn. Where do you two fall on that? I like the eating the white tips off of the candy corn. Me too. Weirdos. I love candy corn. I've eaten like entire bags of it. Some people hate it. Like absolutely I like hate a popcorn it. ball. There's a candy corn popcorn ball? No, but I like like, like you know, I feel like no one makes popcorn balls anymore. But when I was a kid. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh my God. Popcorn balls were like, they're like basically like a kettle corn but like mm, in okay. a ball and mm. like that was like back when you could like give kids things that weren't store-bought candy yeah. um is it like carnival food kind of it sounds like something you get at a carnival. Yeah. um yeah google it google it okay. popcorn ball <laughs> make sure to <laughs> check that out. well you know the best horror movies poltergeist i like poltergeist a lot those yeah. are the best i've never seen those. i watched what <laughs> <gasps> i've never seen um I've only seen part of The Exorcist. I've never seen the whole thing. And I feel like that's such a taboo thing for doing all these episodes. I've seen parts of that too. I saw the whole thing and it was, um, I was disappointed. (laughs) I don't know if it still holds up or not. Well, they did a revamp of it, which I think is all right. I think that, okay, this is my, this is my idea. I think that we should do like a, like a special episode, like YouTube video where we pick one of those like really popular horror movies that has some of those like spirit components and then we can just like break it down the pick whole it apart <laughs> that would be yeah. a lot of fun yeah well yes we should do something like that i want to do something where we invite fans who want to join for something like that and even yeah. if like they don't get to talk they can be there live and maybe they just comment in like the chat portion or whatever Ooh, like on zoom yeah. or whatever and then we can all watch something together and like that would be fun with you all we could pause and 
take questions. Yeah, or, we like uh, question and answer, question, mm, question and answer. That. <laughs> yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, we should, we should totally do that. Well, thank you two for coming on. That was so much fun. Uh, I just, my mind is spinning from all that ayahuasca information. I knew a little bit about it before we spoke last time. And I felt like I got educated somewhat, but this was definitely a deeper dive of what can go wrong if you don't, yeah. if you aren't led uh, by someone or people who know what they're doing. So audience, if you're going to partake in that stuff, I'm not recommending that you do or don't do it, but please be careful and um, make sure you go to somebody who knows what they're doing. But with that, happy Halloween to everybody. Evelyn, Jess, thank you so much for coming on. Obviously, you two will be back, I'm sure, sooner than not to Absolutely. dive into more stuff. Um, and yeah, let's make that happen. Let's figure out something where we bring you on with fans and see what we can get going. This month is looking like we're going to get 20,000 downloads, which will be the most we've gotten in one month. It's part of it's because we're pushing out so much content. The other part is because it's Halloween, but so hopefully <laughs> our base will keep building. We're about to hit 350,000 total. So things I think are going in the right direction. So we'll see, but enough tooting. Yeah. Our HVAC tour. guy knows who you are. So there's that. <laughs> what, what do you mean? What does that mean? Our HVAC guy knows of you. He likes spooky stories and he's like, Oh, I know Noah Daniels. I want to listen to that podcast. Shut up. Wait, I can't tell are you. You're fucking with me. Are you? No. And he, he was telling a story. So many stories. He has such good stories. I was like, do yeah, you should... on a podcast because yeah. like I could, we could <laughs> hook I it could up in, bro <laughs> you got the direct line yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> well with that i'm noah daniels i'm evelyn kennedy jessica powell <laughs> greetings adventurers today we're excited to introduce you to a new story dark dice a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts.